This is Papa Smurf. You're listening to Our Lifestyle, the podcast with ODB and the mayor. Yo, this is Rob Maji, and you're listening to Our Lifestyle Podcast. Yo, yo, as we get started, we want to thank our title sponsor, Scraping the Coast. You can visit scrapingthecoast.com for more information. Their next event, 22nd Annual, is going to be the last weekend in June. They haven't yet announced it for 2024, but rest assured, we will be out there. One of the biggest, baddest shows in the country. Get ready for more information coming soon on Scraping the Coast. Tap on the hashtag Scraping the Coast for more information. We appreciate the continued support of Custom Car Show Productions. Yo, 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 yo. It's our lifestyle podcast, also known as OLP. Appreciate you guys coming back to rock with us. This is episode 336. We've got a jam-packed episode. Biggity Mike the Mayor is out. He's gallivanting. Almost a no-call in those show. Hadn't heard from him. Hit him up and said, yo, we're ready to record. And that's when he swerves, gets sideways and says, hey, he's going out tonight. Can't make this stuff up. I guess he's hitting the clubs, not really wanting to uh, to, to phone in and uh, you know, let us know. But the show, as you guys know, must go on. But episode 336 got a jam-packed, as I said, agenda. This episode, you probably saw from the cover art which I do for each episode, we have Anthony A.J. Amendola on. So some of you guys might know him as Ant, but uh, A.J., as his friends call him, is a longtime mini trucker, really has roots back to Florida that we'll talk about. His Isuzu Space Cab graces the cover of December 06 Street Trucks. So we'll talk about that iconic GOAT status build plus so much more. There's a lot there. There's even a previous build uh, that will tie in and and things such as that. So stick with us for the title guest. And uh, I think you guys are really going to like it. Uh, Tip of the cap to AJ. Thank you for taking the time to sit down. As I always say, I also want to reinforce that um, he's been on the list a long time. So I do know some of you guys are have given us uh, guest names and had suggested people and whatnot. Believe me, we've got we've still got a pretty solid list, and I've got a few guys that I'm going to be recording with here real soon, which um, will help us and um, you know to, to to kind of get through the list. Now, in addition, I have talked to Bill at Camp and Drag, and I am going to try to sit down with him a few minutes to do a wrap up for Camp and Drag, and I say this every try to remember every year to say this. Uh, many of you have been to Camp and Drag, many of the listeners. If you haven't, if you want to experience something totally awesome in our truck scene, uh, hit up campndrag.com, camp and then the letter N, drag, camp and drag. The cool thing is they have a Lincoln as one of their, uh, their rotating photos on there, as well as some other cool videos, but or, or photos rather. Their event is always mid-July, and it's up there in Waveland, Indiana. My dad and I, rest in peace, Papa Smurf, we drove up there in 2012, and man, we had a blast. 
but I'm going to have him on just to kind of do a wrap-up, talk a few minutes. I didn't get a chance to align with Bill, unfortunately, before the show, so we want to show him a little bit of love and hopefully get some of you maybe that haven't been to that event next year to gallivant on up to Indiana where it's kind of nice. Last I heard, there's still not the best cell phone reception there, so you really get kind of an off-the-grid experience. That's at least what I experienced uh, 11 years ago, but more to come from Bill at Camp and Drag. The episode overview is brought to you by our family at Hammered Weekend, where if you want to show them some love, visit H-A-M-M-E-R-D, weekendwear.com, hit them up. They had some recent new pre-sales that we talked about in the last episode, Any of the extras that they may have ordered, you can go and snag those, including banners and stickers. Uh, Show Hammered Weekend Wear a little bit of love. Hit them up now, H-A-M-M-E-R-D, WeekendWear.com. Okay, next we got the general updates. And I was going to talk to Mike about the Gallivant and Man debut album that people are patiently waiting for. I know people have hit me up with some ideas for the album cover. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going, we're spending a million to track. We're going over the budget, like M said, and hopefully we can get this album out. I mean, I think Mike has really been snoozing on it. I was also going to tell him uh, something about, you know, Hank Norris and something I was talking to Josh Ellis about with a CBGD or CBGB, which is that old club up in New York, you know, uh, known for the many concerts there. And, you know, Hank wants to talk to Mike because he kind of feels like, there's uh, maybe some copyright infringement with uh, you know Eastbound Get Down, EBGD, and CBGB. So Hank was kind of thanking me for using the acronym because he said, hey, I think I got something now on Mike. We can go after him. So Mike, you better watch out, dude. I say that because uh, Mike is trying to, to wrangle me up and, and remind you guys that Eastbound Get Down show is – going to go on pre-sale or or pre-registration soon. And that's going to be next January. So many of you know, Mike and John, contrary to what everyone thinks, I'm not involved in this gig. They have their event, Eastbound Get Down, short EBGD. And that's every January, of course, in Destination Daytona or at that event, kind of in the greater Daytona area. Uh, If you go on Instagram and type in Eastbound, uh, which is two words, and then Get Down, of course, you'll see Eastbound Get Down show, and it's January 12th, 13th, and 14th for 2024. And again, that's at Destination Daytona Complex. Very cool event. You can look at some of the photos there and see it's a good mix of vehicles, lowered, lifted, old school, new school, minis, full sizes, you name it, Eastbound Get Down. So, I'll talk more with Mike next week on that. Again, Hank's pretty upset, but if he can somehow you know, piggyback off John and Mike and, and maybe get a lucrative deal, that's what Hank's trying to do. The general updates is brought to you by our family at Lone Star Throwdown. So uh, hear me out on this. We keep talking about this 8-1-2023 date, and if you're a day one listener on July 28th, you only have a couple of days, and what I would tell you is this. Set your reminders for 1 p.m. Eastern Time, which I think is 12 Central, if I remember correctly. The pre-registration for uh, Lone Star Throwdown, which is in Conroe every year, the last week in February, is going to go down on 8-1. So remember, 
in years past, it took them till about Christmas time, you know, right around, you know, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, they start to post and go, hey, we're going to close pre-registration on 1231. And then you got the late stragglers and boom, it finally closes, they sell out. What we noticed last year was, I think it was a 56-hour window that the 2,000 pre-registrations were sold out. So if you want to go, in terms of bringing a vehicle, 8-1 is going to be your key date. Of course, if you want to come and spectate, come on, Gallivant to Conroe, Texas next year with us. Something I would reinforce is that Radar has continued to say, and I'm sure Lonnie feels the same way, they want more mini trucks there. So, with that being said, register those mini trucks. Now, keep in mind, you cannot transfer the registration. That was something they implemented this year, but just know it's worth it. We can't wait to be out there in Conroe, Texas next February. So LoneStarThrowdown.com for more information. All right, next we got the trivia with Mike, and although he's out gallivanting. Now it's time to get serious. This one might be a fun one, kind of a little adult-oriented. What was the name of the male-oriented magazine that can be seen in the movie Splash? So what was the you know, male-oriented magazine that could be seen in the 1984. Do we want to call it a cult classic or do we want to call it a classic? I'll I'll call it a cult classic. I don't know. Let's be honest. I don't know if Mike's even seen it. You know, I think Tom Hanks, rest in peace, John Candy. Uh, just an awesome movie to me going back and watching it. Believe it or not, on Disney+, Plus, you can see it. Now, there was some edits done for Disney+, Plus, and uh, they didn't edit out, I think in the beginning at least, maybe even still, this magazine that I'm talking about. But Daryl Hannah's in it. Uh, I mentioned John Candy, Eugene Levy. Uh, so many great greats in that film. But what was the name of the adult-oriented magazine that can be seen in that film? And what's funny is they're handed out to colleagues and customers who begin reading this magazine right there in public. So uh, that's a throwback for you. 1984, that's going to be the, what, 40th anniversary next year. It's crazy to start thinking 84 has been 40 years. That's how I know I'm getting old. Trivia with Mike is brought to you by The Spark Show. We're going to be at The Spark Show here real soon. If you go to thesparkshow.com, we recently had Adam and Dizzy on to talk about it. Uh, the show, of course, is the 11th, 12th, and 13th of August, 2023. That's in Sevierville, Tennessee at the Sevier County Fairgrounds. It's going to be crazy. 10th annual event. Good people. Come on out and gallivant with us to The Spark Show. Next, we got Hut 1, Hut 2, Hut 3, Hut. Old Dirty Ballard live and uncut. This one's a fun one. It's a good one. It's the H word, my friends. Health. Lately, I've seen you know friends, homies, clubmates, colleagues, a lot of people on social media posting about a little bit more focus on health than maybe in the past. You know, you know, we're not getting any younger. So I encourage you, whatever you feel you may need to do to become a little healthier. You know, that could just be uh, the routine checkups with the doc, maybe walking a little bit more, drinking more water, less XYZ, whatever that is, right? I'm not going to tell people how to live their lives, but I'll tell you this, I've been doing a better job myself 
health-wise, and it feels good. A lot more energy, especially on the weekends, getting up super early, getting things done, not getting as crazy. I, I, well, I say that. I think I'm getting as crazy as I used to, but in a different way. So ODB Live in a Cut this week is just basically, hey, listen, get out there. Stay as healthy as you can. YOLO, right? You only live once. And, um, you know, do the best you can. And if you're a type of person that doesn't care and you go, hey, YOLO, only live once, I'm going to live crazy, hey, do what you do, man. So it's just my feedback to you guys. Uh, ODB Live in a Cut brought to you by Joey at Get Decked. If you want to put artwork or a photo on a skate deck, he can do it. Look up uh, Get Decked underscore VA on Instagram or Joey Dilworth. He is certainly good people. Now, in addition to Get Decked, I do want to give a tip of the cap to Joey Dilworth. He also runs the show Attitude Check. So it's August 14th. I believe it's it's one of the longer shows we're going to be experienced. It's August 14th through the 20th, and it's called Attitude Check 11. All in tattoos, get decked, illusion wraps, $40 registration at the gate, good people. So, again, Joey, thanks for all the support that you always have the back of the scene, right? So many different shows and vendors and things like that, but also kind of sticking your neck out there and doing Attitude Check course attitude check 11 again august it looks like 14th through the 20th pretty cool stuff uh get out there if you can and before i forget that is at mr b's bluegrass park in va so that's in virginia okay next we got the scene updates and last week i did skip through a lot of these because it just was a jam-packed uh show so i'm just going to go through a few of these things and um I think this show's kind of moving forward a little bit, you know, quicker than uh, in the past. And I think I'm going to continue to try to balance things. You know, sometimes we'll have super long shows like we did last episode. Sometimes we'll keep things efficient. But I want you guys to get to Bill for Camp and Drag and also Anthony uh, so you guys can hear from him as well. But uh, Fueled Photo and Film. Do me a favor. It's free. Go on YouTube. I'm going to post a link to their Scraping the Coast video. It's a good dude. If you can, we don't ask for a lot here. Go subscribe to the channel. It's called Fueled, just how it sounds, photo and film. And uh, he's got a little under 200 subscribers, but let's grow that. Uh, certainly a good, good dude, and he does a takeover in Biloxi. 2023 scraping the coast so i want to show the homie some love uh phil gordon had posted this back in july and again i i kind of um didn't get a chance to cover a lot of these but he he mentioned a story which he sometimes will do in the bag to board uh, i met and grande i think is how you said her last name about six years ago before she was diagnosed with cancer and he kind of goes on to talk about her truck and he shared a very cool photo of her with the Izuzu uh, dragging it, throwing some sparks. And, you know, uh, she has since passed away. She was a hardcore mini trucker down here in Florida. I thought it was a motivational kind of post by uh, Phil. I hate Phil. So um, big ups to the homie for posting and keeping her legacy alive. Uh, Matt Yarborough says, I may have taken the term buckle up a little too seriously. And it was a dent in his tailgate. Uh, so, you know, uh, many of you know Matt Yarborough. He's on TikTok. He's on Facebook. Always doing cool stuff. I think Instagram as well. Uh, go show him some love. 
Dude's always out doing cool stuff, and it was great, Matt, linking up with you at Mini Nats. Uh, Jeff Rosenberg, uh, he says, here is the date for 2024, uh, Saturday, June 8th, so we'll make sure we communicate this in the future, but they are throwing out Kicking It Old School Again, which is presented by Class Act, and of course that's in Boring, Oregon. So uh, not boring as in not fun, but Boring, Oregon, you guys get it. Here was a post from John Barefoot. He says, mission accomplished. Good guys, builder's choice, top 10, which was awesome. And uh, John Barefoot, I got a chance to slap hands with him at Mini Nats. Many of you have told me one of the best dudes out there in the scene, living a positive lifestyle and uh, doing the damn thing. So I love hearing it. Uh, Tim Chestnut, I know this is kind of Airhead Nation type stuff, but he said he tried to answer the birthday wishes uh, but he gave one big thank you to them all. And uh, Tim Chestnut, a friend of ours and a good dude. So uh, big ups, Tim. Always uh, good seeing your post and hearing from you. Speaking of Matt Yarborough, I wanted to mention uh, he had posted back on July 8th that his dad had celebrated a 75th born day. So awesome stuff. Good picture and uh, love seeing you spending time with your pops. DJ Roberts was with Randy Frederick back on July 7th, and he says someone's very happy, his first mini truck. Thank you, Randy and Sarah. I'm sure uh, we will have a blast. And there was a swapperoo of some sorts that went down. I don't want to give away the intel. Maybe we'll get Randy on next episode to talk a little bit about it. But a Toyota for a Toyota, pretty cool stuff. And it looks like DJ Roberts, his son, ends up with an awesome truck. So I love seeing that. You know, these those guys are in the same club, so they did some kind of swap or roo around. But always love seeing when someone gets something they want, another guy gets something he wants or she wants, and biggity boom, before you know it, everyone's happy. Uh, Scott, a chick, he says a few of us are cruising. I'm not even going to know how to say this. Emin Claw, E N U M Claw tonight. Uh, he's a cool dude. Got a chance to meet him a couple years ago, and uh, I know they're getting ready for their show up in the Pacific Northwest with sitting pretty good people, so I wanted to kind of throw that out there. Uh, this was cool. Brad Christman. Brad Christman, he made the trip to Southeastern Truck Nationals, and I know that he uh, did awesome. So uh, he's out there with the family, living it up. Definitely hot summer, but uh, it's not it's not holding him down, that's for sure. Uh, Jeremy Kaufman, previous guest, previous MIC employee, uh, Mazda Fiend, if you will, he recently went through the journey of obtaining the Marvy that I think John uh, from You Ain't Low, it was his Marvy, one of two that we knew that were in the country, and um, the post that I had saved was from July 8th. I do know that he since made a post where apparently he went to do some smog and emissions and it's kind of like a racketeering deal out there where the shop goes, oh, well, you need to change all this stuff, even though it's not bad. And it was a little frustrating because it was like 10 or 15 grand. I can only imagine what those guys go through. For any of those that don't know, in California, they have really, really strict emission stuff. Florida had it back in the day, but not every county. I grew up in Pasco, not the crazy side of Pasco, by the way. You would have never saw our neighborhood on Tampa PD, I don't think, or whatever it was, Pasco PD. But the the crazy thing about it was, you know, in Florida, I never really had to deal with it because, again, growing up there in Pasco, 
we didn't have the same emission stuff that they had like in Hillsboro and some of the other counties. And they've since kind of done away with that. But the dudes out in Cali and the ladies, there's those strict rules. And that stuff can get costly. I'm sure it could get very frustrating, take a time off work, trying to like balance all that crap. So uh, best of luck to you, homie. The big homie, Kirk Sullivan, got a chance to hang out with him last week. I was going to try to go to Southern Tradition with him, and it just didn't work out this year. But Kirk went to Southern Tradition. He went all the way to South Florida, picked up his truck. I know Brian Peterman helped with some bed work on it. Then he trailered all the way up to Georgia, went to the show, and he won his uh, first ever Best of Award, and it was Best Unfinished. So I know Kirk has put in a lot of work on the truck, repping No Regrets, and uh, it's cool to see him kind of getting a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, kudos for the for the build. The last one I want to share was John Barefoot also said uh, he's with Jessica Roach. The irony of being out here working in what feels like 150 degree weather and 200% humidity, and he's working on purgatory. So, uh, ironic enough, those were a few of the items that I had wanted to cover on the last episode. Here's a couple from for this episode. Joe uh, Contenta, he says, my most recent makeover on a cruiser, love this truck, Datsun 620, uh, a 78 uh, to be exact. So pretty cool to see that. I know CJ uh, Fayette, uh, uh, Craig Raleigh and some other kinfolk, Justin Griffin, Eli, all of those guys, they had went out uh, to the event, I think it was Lakeside Showdown, and CJ won uh, a Best of Award, so I saw he posted that up, so I wanted to give him props for that. Pretty cool setup, I know David DeCorver was out there with the Dually, a couple of the Mazdas, of course, and the full-size truck, so always good to see those guys kind of getting together. Uh, Dayton Cooper. Uh, shout out to the homie. He says, well, here she is. Setback 2.0 has been a long seven months getting this thing done. She's not 100%, but he was trying to get her ready for camp and drag. So Dayton, love seeing uh, the hustle, love seeing you out there doing the damn thing, uh, and it's good stuff. The last one I have is Ashley Wimmer. She says, thanks to Ryan uh, Sumner. He did a wonderful job on the plaque for Sunny Hours, right? The Tacoma of hers that won Best Female. A mini truck for 2022. Ryan Sumner is back in the game. If you've been a longtime listener, at the very beginning, we had partnered with Ryan in the news plaques was literally in our backyard here, about 15, 20 minutes from my house. And we kind of did a partnership back then. Ryan had eventually left the company. And I think with the way print magazines have kind of subsided somewhat, you know, globally, right? And you think about all magazines, not just, you know, automotive. I believe that company kind of shuttered its doors and somehow Ryan was able to bring it back. So uh, if you guys need plaques, uh, Ryan Sumner, S-U-M-N-E-R, he's your guy. Uh, he's a good dude. And uh, I haven't talked to him in a minute, but I need to reach out to him and, and touch base. Good dude. Ashley, the plaque looks awesome. Okay, so the new Street Trucks is out, and I got to look at this to see it's August 2023. So they've kind of lined these up pretty well lately with you know receiving them in the mailbox. Now, of course, I was missing, for some reason, my mailman wasn't delivering some of these. I don't know why, but there is a mini truck, an S10 featured in here, a really sick C10 on the cover, of course, B-O-D-B. I've got the R Lifestyle right up uh you guys can check out in the back and in this one i talked about 
the 24-year mark because if you think about uh, street trucks started August 99. So when we hit August 1st here in a few days, that to me marks that official 24-year mark. So that lined up really well with this issue. But um, check it out. Again, Street Trucks is one of the only truck publications here still kind of in the U.S. Of course, that is apparently going to change because of the news that we shared recently with Mini Trucking coming back. But certainly Street Trucks, I have this awesome, unique opportunity to write uh, every month in the publication, I think it's been four years. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty certain September will be the four-year mark. So, kind of, you know, give or take, you know, 20% of the time, you know, I've been I've been on board with them. So, uh, I look to stay on as long as I can, and I really appreciate the opportunity from Brandon Burrell, who, by the way, I think is doing a fantastic job. Right? Let's stop for a moment, give Brandon some props. He's out there hustling. He's trying to get these issues out even ahead of time in terms of his deadlines behind the scenes. And I know he's a hardworking dude. So uh, Burrell Images on Instagram and YouTube, check him out. He's a good guy. Look forward to Brandon, whatever you continue to kind of curate with Street Trucks Magazine and the entire team. The new custom trucks mag from Japan is also circulating uh, as you know, Redbeard has those, and um, if you want to get one, you have to get with him uh, if you're looking to score one of those. Now, I know Randy's truck is in that issue, and I'm looking to get my hands on it as well. I know there was um, some other awesome trucks in there as well, so those are kind of hard to get, but again, Redbeard is your guy. We had him on the podcast in the past, and of course, we've talked about that. I want to thank Craig Braid and Matt Weathers for some of the photos that they shared with me. Uh, these guys are kind of what I refer to as OLP capos. Um, you know, they're they're kind of captains, if you will, if we have our ranking uh, within the OLP regime, so to speak. And again, I can't thank these guys enough. Uh, big supporters of the podcast, but awesome good dudes that are always going above and beyond and uh, certainly thank them. They were both at the Northwest Showdown presented by Freaks of Nature, and uh, that looked like an awesome show. They both sent me some photos, and it was cool to see King Tuck as well as so many other awesome rides out there. So good people. Uh, look them up. Craig Braid, of course, we recently had him on, and Matt Weathers, both friends of ours, if you will. The scene updates brought to you by Garage Gear Clothing. If you want to hit up garagegearclothing.com, you will see that they have some free shipping opportunities. As the holidays approach, this is a great avenue uh, for you to, to potentially buy gifts because if you think about the garage girl, the children's attire that they have, and then for the guys, of course, and ladies, sport trucks, full-size, lowered, lifted, wagons, you name it, these guys have an awesome arsenal. Shout out to Crystal and the entire team over at Garage Gear Clothing. Visit garagegearclothing.com today or Hit them up at one of these venues uh, or one of these events worldwide. They're good people. Hey, hey, so like I said before we wrap up the scene updates, I did want to call our friend Bill at Camp and Drag. And Bill, dude, just want to say congratulations. Looks like you had uh, another great year. But, um, man, welcome back to the show. Appreciate you guys having me again. Yeah, no problem. I was telling people earlier, campanddrag.com is really where they're going to get all the key information Obviously, as the year goes on, there'll be more about 2024. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, though. How awesome was it this year? Um, and just talk to us a little bit about the experience with Camp and Drag 2023. 
Yeah, this year was, uh, this year was good. Um, you know, we had plenty of vendors out there, plenty of sponsors that helped us get, uh, get through this year. Um, of course they were calling for rain for the whole week. And I think that kept some people out. Um, I mean, if you see, there's people commenting how there was, it looked a little light on people this year. And I agree, uh, from our total numbers, but, um, the quality was still there. We still had four to 500 trucks in the show field. Um, and like I said, I, I, I mean, I can't stress enough. If you're going to stay home for the weather that they call is coming, don't do it because you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. We've all said, Hey, I'm going to go ahead and go to a show and then it's beautiful. And then we're like, man, I'm so glad I didn't stay home and that type of thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, they can't call the weather out, you know, I, I mean a week out, you know, they said rain from Wednesday through Sunday all every day. And we got a sprinkle on Saturday morning for 45 minutes. And other than that, it was, I mean, it was probably one of the best weather weekends we've had in the last 10 years. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And I always remind my buddies cause they're like, Oh, it's going to rain Saturday. I was like, well, let's look at the exact city or the exact spot. Cause you know, like in Florida, it can rain on one side of the road and then we're partying on the other side. So that's how it was in Indiana. I mean, 40 <laughs> minutes down the road, they got two and a half inches of two and a half inches of rain. And by us, they got nothing. Right, right. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, you guys can follow camp and then underscore N underscore drag on Instagram. One thing that I noticed is, like you said, there's always like there, you got your mainstay of guys and ladies that always come out, but there's always this awesome quality. But something that, that piqued my interest was like this, uh, the Tilt Bed Evolution kind of crew, right? Um, I always thought that was cool that those guys kind of set up and, and that's got to be a good feeling knowing that some of those guys come out. I think the tandem guys came out one year too. Yeah. Uh, two years ago, well, uh, last year we had the tandem guys and I mean, it was pretty cool to see that. I mean, that's kind of a, a niche right there of the tandem guys. And, um, I mean, they, Nick at night drove his tandem axle, uh, tandem axle hard body all the way from, uh, the West coast. um, Brian with the tandem X less 10 and the, he drove our trailer there from Eugene, Oregon. Um, we had guys from all over the Midwest. I mean, there was 10, 10 tandems out there. Um, this year, I think we had seven or eight tilt beds up on the pad and, uh, next year, a little preview, um, what we're going to try and do. It's something I always try doing something different. Um, next year we're going to try and make the pad a memorial for people that have been to the show and their, their vehicles are still around, but they cannot attend. Wow. Um, so I've spoken to some No Regrets members about getting Jared Redder's Death Machine and Ernie's Impala, um, the Severed guys for getting Neil Stark's Courier, yeah. and uh, Jeremy Beaver's Low Lux. Um, I talked to some of the guys about getting Vaughn's truck out there to put on the pad. Um, just some of, the, some of the key players that have been to our show and have supported us. Um, unfortunately they passed on, but their trucks are still around. Um, kind of put them in a spotlight and kind of, you know, say that we, we haven't forgotten them, you know? I love it. You know, the legacy lives on with these guys and some of the ladies and, um, I love the idea. And I love that, you know, Bill, you're always kind of forward thinking. It's like, Hey, you had a great show this year, but you're like already kind of plotting away. And I want to give a shout out to, uh, Scott. I know he changed his Instagram name, but Scott Bunselmeyer, tilt bed underscore Mazda. You know, that guy is a, is a ride or die. He's out there every year. And uh, it was cool. One of our old Florida severed guys, Howard, he has a, he has a Mercedes wagon, but he lives up yep, in yep. Indiana. You probably saw him. He was up there and he sent me a ton of photos from it. I, I got to thank Howard for that. 
but man, like seeing Scott truck out there and everybody having a good time, man, I was like, damn, I wish I lived closer. It's, it's always a good time. And like you said, with, uh, you know, trying to think of next year, I mean, you know, it's, it's something that if you don't start thinking about it now, and I mean, my wife won't agree that I, I should be thinking of it all year, but, <laughs> um, at the same time, you got to keep rolling with it and, um, you know, just keep your mind open to, to new things. And that's what we try doing. I mean, you know, it's it, one of the, one of the key things with camp and drag two for the last 12 years, we've been, you know, we've always donated to a family in need. Um, and this year we've, we did the hot wheels thing again, that we're going to donate to Riley's children's hospital. Um, I'm still in the progress of counting hot wheels, but we're well over 10,000 Wow! and, um, yeah, and, and money wise, we've helped, you know, we helped three families this year. Uh, Brian Bibbs, who's a local guy here. Um, Charlie Hacker lost his two month old son. Um, the no regrets, the no regrets guys reached out and we helped them out. And, um, one of our own club members, uh, his wife is going through chemo and radiation from, uh, brain cancer. We helped them out with the mystery box idea that we did. So it's, it's more than, it's more than just a truck show for us too. I mean, we try and use the, the platform that we have to, to help others in the scene because, you know, one day it might be us and it, you know, it's, it's just something that, like I said, I, I use, I use camp and drag to, you know, to help others. So. Yeah. And I, I give you mad kudos for that. And I would encourage people that if, you know, like I said earlier in this episode, I've been to the show, I've had a great time and I know it's kind of far for some people, but if there's something you can do to help, you know, give or take about 11 months from now, 10 months from now, or get with Bill, let them know, like, if you can send some stuff, you know, anything you can do to help, um, you know, that you got, you guys do a great thing. And, um, so I appreciate you doing that. Um, I also noticed because of Howard sending me photos, there was a guy named BJ Anderson. I think he goes by, but it was pretty cool. One of the f- trucks I saw there was almost like a like a Mike Finnegan Tacoma um, tribute truck that had to have been cool to see, for sure, for sure. And uh, I thought that was kind of cool. Now, did you have a favorite this year, or can you share with us maybe who won best of show? Uh, best of show actually went to Jeremy Beaver's Low Lux. Nice. Uh, Joe Hughes. Joe Hughes has done a great job of uh, you know bringing the rest of that truck to life and uh, getting it running and driving and finishing up some of the touches that Jeremy wasn't able to. And I mean, if you haven't seen the truck in person, I mean, it, it stayed in, you know, in bare metal for how many years and, uh, you know, Jeremy, Jeremy and Joe have gotten that truck to, to just be a spectacle to see, man. Yeah. That thing is like borderline hot rod, mini truck. It's kind of checks a lot of boxes. It, It does. It does for sure. Now, what was cool is you said, you know, there's a lot of vendors out there and stuff too. And it's always cool to see Rand plan, you know, Randy, uh, he's got all those different brands and kind of under low label, but to see him set up out there and slinging merch, uh, that's got to be a good feeling knowing how much support you have from the scene with these different companies. Oh, Randy's been a big, big time supporter for years. Um, you know, and, and like you said, I mean, having the vendors, we actually, we actually had a lot of vendors this year, you know, hot rides mag came up from, from down by you. Um, yeah. Sean, Sean Rose was out there slinging panels. Um, Nichols paint and fab from wrenched was out there with their, they set up a booth. Um, laid out was out there. Asphalt army, um, driven, um, obviously drop them where was one of our title sponsors was out there as always mm-hmm. drop shop. Just, I mean, we, we can't like, like I said earlier with the raffle and, and auction that we do to help people. I mean, we couldn't do it without those people. And also 
like you said, if you can send something for the raffle, I mean, just like you guys did at OLP, sending a, you know, care package with some shirts and banners and stuff to, to put in there for the raffle. I mean, it might be only a couple bucks on your end, but if it, you know, gets us 20 or $40 to throw in for a raffle and auction, it means a lot to us. Yeah, hundred percent. And one thing I wanted for people to know, if they haven't been to the show, one thing that always sticks in mind when I look back at my old photos when my dad went, paint a picture for us how people like will line their trucks up kind of along the road and then people cruise, right? And it goes into the evening time. Kind of explain to people that atmosphere that they may not be able to experience at other shows. Yeah, so it, it is pretty, it is pretty, um, you know, uh, it is different from most shows where, you know, you go to a parking lot, you post up, and you go to the hotel at the end of the show. Um, for us, I mean, we rent out 640 acres of campground, and that's exclusive to us from Thursday to Sunday. Um, they'll come, they'll set up with their clubs and their, you know, and their homies, and they'll set up their tents and campers behind, and then along the road, you know, they'll all post up their trucks. So even when they're not in the showgrounds, if you're cruising around, you know, you can see the different clubs with everything lined up along the road and it, it's 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 just a different feeling to be cruising through the campgrounds like that and see something different than you know i mean it we, we all miss the hotel days and you know going hanging out after indie truck bash and in the hotels and stuff but this is a little different than that you know yeah it is and i want to say tip of the cap to maybe no regrets they had a huge awesome lineup and someone had posted a photo i forget if it was zach and uh looking at a video now and they just had so much going right there. No regrets, Georgia. You had no regrets from everywhere. And it was so cool to me because it's that vibe of like the show field. You could throw like a tennis ball. And then later you might move your, maybe you leave your truck there. Maybe you just cruise it over and park it by your tent. And and people have to realize like it's all right there. And it's just such a good time. For sure. Yeah. I mean, no regrets. They, I think they brought 13, 13 minis out along with some full size, some, you know, some big body four door cars. And like you said, I mean, Georgia was there and so was uh, Bobby Thompson from Arizona. So, I mean, there's a couple thousand miles in between the, you know, the distance that they traveled to be there. Oh yeah. Now, one thing I think that's underrated that you've done a great job on at Camp and Drag Bill is the artwork each year. You've done some cool themes and every time I'm always like, man, why didn't I think of that idea? You've had some kind of wrestling things in the past and these different colors. This year was pretty cool because uh, the camp and drag almost had like a, uh, dare I say, like a cartoon. I kind of thought of like the old Batman Robin type thing, but that theme, graphic disorder, really knocked it out of the park. For sure, for sure. We and and that started too with uh, Matt Hodgson from uh, he designed the flyers ah. and graphic disorder. Graphic disorder ran with the same idea of of the cartoony comic book kind of feel. Yep, and. You know, we played with that for the whole the whole theme of the year, and it was really pretty cool. You know, I mean, and even looking at that, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Wicked Wonka's. They do custom Hot Wheels cars. Yes, yeah, you told me. So about he, them. yeah, so he donated two uh, Toyotas that were tuned, so they had, you know, the tops were a little cartoony, and yeah, and it was just a little, you know, kind of all played along with the same the same vibe, which was pretty cool. Yeah, and if you guys want to check them out, it's Wicked Wonka's, like Willy Wonka, Wicked Wonka's Chop It. Uh, factory is f-a-k-t-o-r-y but if you type that in on instagram that'll pop up for you guys 
Now, uh, before we wrap it up, I did want people to know, um, you, you know, a couple years ago we talked about this, but um, you have implemented this new process online that seems to go really well. And if somebody is interested, maybe they're going to go, hey, I'm going to jot this down next year. We're going to try to come up to Camp and Drag. You do have this kind of registration process and application, if you will. Um, is there anything you can share on that, maybe to streamline for someone that's maybe looking to come next year? Is it pretty simple overall? And when does that typically open? Sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, due to, due to some unforeseen things that we had happen back in 2015, um, you know, where I had to, you know, fork out 25 grand to fix the campground because people, you know, felt like they needed to do donuts in the middle of the field. Mm. Um, we, we implemented this application process where it takes two minutes. I mean, it's your name, address, club, if you're bringing a vehicle or not, and references. And the references are only because if I don't know who you are, I can reach out to them to say, Hey, is this guy good? Like, I don't know him. Mm -hmm. Um, especially with, I use Facebook a lot to, to double check. And now with Facebook's new privacy policies, it kind of <laughs> sucks because I can't see pictures and stuff. Right. But yeah, it's usually applications open up around April 1st. Um, I can't stress enough that if you think you're going to go fill one out, it takes you two minutes, but it takes me 20 minutes on, you know, July 15th when you're trying to message me and I get no service and people are trying to say, Hey, my wife wants to get in or, you know, this dude's coming up from Georgia, but he forgot to fill one out. If you think you're going to come go to campanddrag.com, fill out the application. It takes two minutes. And, um, anybody that's willing, anybody that's wanting to come, whether it's you with your vehicle, your wife, your kid, if they're over 16, I mean, my mom is on the application process. So if she wanted to come in. We have to check her name on there. So it don't matter who you are. You got to be on there. <laughs> That's legit, and we heard the only guy that wasn't allowed to come is Hank from Hammered Weekend, where he's banned apparently. But you know, he's trying yeah, to get back know, in he, good graces. He's working on it, but we're we're still a little sketchy on that, dude. Right, right we are. Uh, I would encourage everyone. Don't just take our word for it. If you go on Instagram or Facebook and click on or type in the hashtag Camp, the letter N drag. Uh, Instagram's kind of a little different now. You can filter by top posts or recent top posts, and you'll see there is just a good mix of vehicles. I mean, it's kind of like mini truck heaven. It has a totally different vibe than maybe mini Nats, but it has its own good vibe. And I would encourage, if you guys have never been out there, please add it to your bucket list and get out. Bill and team are great people. Uh, Bill, anything else you got for us on camp and drag? No, pretty much. I mean, we've, we've touched on all of it. Um, you know, again, I'd like to say thanks to, you know, my family, all our sponsors, my club. I mean, I couldn't do it without, you know, without ballistic They're they're a small club and not many of them know it, but, um, you know, we, we work our asses off to bring the, you know, bring one of the, what I feel one of the bigger shows in the Midwest. Um, and you know, it, we, I couldn't do it without the help of everybody that surrounds us. And that's again, my family club sponsors, vendors, you know, the town of Waveland, everybody out there. So guys keep helping me we'll keep bringing it to you no doubt and i did tell people earlier this week or earlier this episode my last thought is it is kind of a way to get off the grid a little bit too because when i went up there 11 years ago with my pops you know the cell phone service like you said you know it, it kind of gets you off your device it gets you out there living life dragging trucks enjoying the, the truck scene so i encourage people to get out there and bill i can't thank you enough for taking the time man and thanks for what you do for the truck community no, thank you guys. We appreciate it. Stay on the rise, my friend. All right, be good, Jason. 
Yo, thanks, Bill, from Camp and Drag for coming on. We really appreciate you taking the time. And uh, it was cool to link up, man. Uh, we have taken a look at a lot of the photos. I know I mentioned my buddy Howard, old ST Florida guy that has recently moved up to the Midwest. He was there. He sent me, I don't know, 50 to 100 photos. And, man, it was jam-packed. So it looked like it was awesome. Again, get out there if you can. Uh, the scene updates uh, brought to you by Garage Gear Clothing. I may have mentioned them earlier, but a huge shout-out again to Garage Gear Clothing. Visit their site for options that include free shipping. Next, I'm going to throw in industry updates. I haven't done this in a while. There's just really a couple that I want to mention. This was something that's continuing to build steam and obviously has, you know, uh, it's kind of perplexing to some of us that are, you know, fossil fuel guys, if you will. But obviously, there's this shift in the industry with the EV movement, right? So electric vehicles, they're not for me as of right now, not saying that they ever will or won't be, but it's just not something in my kind of bloodstream, right? I'm sure like many of you now, again, I'm not going to hate on them uh, because that's just not my thing. But there was a, a, a Reuters report where it says GM shares fall as automaker outlines new cost-cutting drive. So with these different companies announcing their uh, quarterly earnings and things like that, uh, this was uh, July 25th, so just a, a day or so ago, uh, basically they say that G GM, General Motors, is wrestling with cost and struggling to build more electric vehicles, as it reported Tuesday, than that adjusted pre-tax profits and margins in its key North American market fell from the first quarter, despite a jump in revenue and per-vehicle transaction prices. Shares were down, of course, a little over 4%, but the automaker said that it plans to invest less in new products and cut operating costs by an additional $1 billion through the end of the year, which is kind of crazy. They kind of did go on to say the piece that I read in here was that they said that uh, they've reversed plans to kill its least expensive EV, which is the Bolt, uh, at the end of the year. Instead, the company now expects to produce an updated Bolt with a newer battery pack but did not disclose details about cost, timing, or plant location. So I, I'm very curious to see how quickly more people adopt you know, two EVs. The reason why it's ironic to me, the only reason I'm bringing it up is because like energy costs are up here a lot in Florida. I kind of in the building industry a little bit, you know, we hear a little bit from Tampa Electric, which is also known as Tico. And I bring this up because some of my coworkers that recently got EVs are like, yeah, man, our, our Tico bills up a lot, you know, obviously just running your air condition and stuff. But imagine now plugging in a car, that's going to obviously drive it up as well. So again, not usually a topic I cover here just because it's not my thing, but uh, it is what it is. Now, the last thing that I'll cover from an industry, car industry, truck industry standpoint is uh, something that I shared in the Airhead Nation group. So if you're not in that Facebook group, please check it out. This was an AutoEvolution.com article, and it says Tesla Cybertruck surpassed 1.9 million pre-orders, more than the population of Phoenix, right? So they were trying to compare it to the population of a city, and they did that. And it talks about almost 2 million people 
uh, that is more than the entire population of, let's say they said Phoenix, Philadelphia. People continue to reserve an electric pickup truck even though waiting times have become uh, very, very long, right? So... I don't really, I don't recall what the price was. I don't, I don't think you had to put a lot down, but again, just not my thing. I, I mean, I look at this truck and I'm not trying to hate on it. I just don't understand what people think is so cool about it. I mean, I think it looks ugly. I'm sure obviously there's some people that just love that company and they're going to support it no matter what they put out. I don't understand. It seems like they've been plagued with some challenges, including safety type things, but we'll have to see. I'm sure someone's going to get one and try to put it on the ground. Uh, we'll have to see who that is. But there's a few industry updates for you. I'll continue to maybe provide some of these, maybe not so much on the EV side, but uh, on the Chevrolet pickup side and things like that. I'm still sticking with my 08. This is going to be year 15. This December marks 15 years ago that GM was you know, in the midst of the downturn in the economy, and I was able to get ten grand off. That was a rebate through GM, ten thousand dollars off whatever price I could get for a Duramax, and I was able to do that. Had a friend who his family had worked for GM for thirty, forty, fifty years, something like that, and they got me a great price plus the ten grand off. So my uh, good old two thousand eight, knock on wood. A GM or, or Chevy uh, Duramax 2500. Uh, I didn't even pay 30 grand for that thing, and at the time was the most expensive vehicle me personally I had ever purchased. It blows my mind to see what truck prices are now, 15 years later. Many of us, kind of mini truckers, you know, we go buy a truck. You kind of want to have the nice amenities. You want to have okay leather, maybe the nicer infotainment system and things like that. And when you start stepping up to those higher end packages. Certainly, that stuff is expensive as heck, man. But the industry news this week is brought to you by our friends over at AccuAir. Visit AccuAir.com for more information. Again, they have the plug-and-play applications and different components that allow you to auto-set the height of your vehicle. I have it on my 64 Lincoln. I absolutely love it. You can, of course, use the app if you have the ECU+. Plus. I also want to give a huge shout-out this week to The Drop with Brian and Frank, the podcast. I know I haven't talked a lot about this, but The Drop with Frank and actually Brian, I think it's titled. It's available anywhere you consume podcasts, including YouTube. So go out there and check it out. It's free and uh, always love uh, checking those guys out and seeing what they got going on. All right, the show updates Good news this week. I'm not going to really cover much. I did cover the one show update earlier, and last week I literally went through 22 shows, I think, between now and mid to kind of late October, and I still had left off a few, like Lakeside Showdown, uh, Northwest Showdown just happened. Um, I talked about uh, Joey Dilworth's show earlier, so there's a ton going on out there. I'm going to continue to to do the normal show updates. The only shout out that I want to give from a show perspective is the spark show. Uh, big ups to the homies. As I said earlier, we will be up there the uh, 11th, 12th and 13th of August in uh, Sevierville, Tennessee, which is right over by pigeon forge. They're going to have a cruise on Saturday night. So visit the for more information. 
All right, uh, next, the podcast updates. I want to give you guys uh, the latest review through Apple Podcasts. This was reawakening. Man, this show is bringing me back to my days in high school and right afterwards. Best days rolling my 91 Mazda B2600. Time to get back into the scene. Thanks for the inspiration. And that was Bobcat Bob 25. I think he left that just uh, within the last few days. So thank you so much. I believe I had met, read this one, NR Jordan. Hey, brother, Jordan from No Regrets, Bakersfield. Been loving the recent episodes. Keep killing it. I'll see you guys in person at Mini Nats 2024. So those are the latest. If you haven't, uh, if you listen on an iPhone, iPad, maybe even the Mac, and you're in that pre-installed Apple podcast app, uh, search OLP or tap on library, select OLP and scroll down, tap the five stars if you want to go a step further. You can write a review, and then I'll read those in the future. We're trying to get uh, past 200. We're very, or excuse me, past 300. We're very close to that number. Uh, if you're on Spotify, Podbean, Pandora, you name it, just leave a thumbs up. Many of those apps will allow you to do that. That certainly helps us out. The only other update that I wanted to share is we do have some merch stuff coming soon. We're going to re-up a couple things with a nice mix. And we've got some other big things coming a little bit later this year. So stick with us. More announcements as we move into the second part of the year. Those are the podcast updates this week. Brought to you by our family over at Graphics Mafia. G-R-A-P-H-I-X Mafia.com. If you need stickers, some design work, maybe you've got an old decal that you want to reproduce. Or let's say you need club stickers for whatever reason. Uh, maybe you're patching in some new members. Look no further than Buddy and Ryan at Graphics Mafia. That's graphics with an X, mafia.com. All right, in closing, I just got the Airhead Nation updates, and I'm going to share one item with you, and then we will roll into Anthony's audio, a.k.a. AJ. Good dude, of course. I'm certainly looking forward to you guys hearing this, and uh, thanks again to Bill from Camp and Track for coming on earlier but Mr. DP Jr., Daryl Poe Jr., want to say a big happy born day. He mentioned on July 24th, thank you for all the uh, birthday wishes. I tried to give a heart on all of those, but he said really appreciates it. So that's just one of our, our great supporters. He's helped us in many ways, and I can't thank him enough. Uh, and Nikki for all the support. So we'll see you guys hopefully at a show soon. The Airhead Nation update is brought to you by CNS Metalworks. If you need AccuAir, Vire compressors, airbags, you name it, visit CS-Metalworks with an S, CS-Metalworks.com. They're also on Instagram, CNS Metalworks. You can hit up the owner, Chris Burns, and he will take care of you. Uh, maybe you've got a question, as Ruben said in the past. Maybe you want to book your vehicle to be bagged. Hit up Chris Burns. He will take care of you. CS Metalworks out there in Cali. Good people. Uh, Fontana, I think technically, right over by the raceway, if I remember correctly. With that being said, thank you so much. Again, I tried to get a hold of Mike. He literally just swerved us. I think he forgot it was our day to record. And when I texted him, I said, yo, I'm getting ready to call you. He said, yo, 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 yo. Man, we're going out to eat, man. I'm like, damn, dude, the Gallivant man doesn't stop, dude, out to eat, the Murray Mansion, all these lavish trips, six, seven, eight, nine vacations a year. The Gallivant just does not stop. But as I said earlier, 
the show must go on. So whether the gallivanting continues or not, I'm going to keep the pedal stomped over here. OLP, we appreciate all the support. Stay on the rise. We at you. Enjoy this interview. Yo, yo, like I said, I'm super excited to sit down with Anthony Amendola. How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. Hey, thanks for uh, taking a little bit of time. I know it's been a long time coming, but uh, always appreciate you chiming in on posts and stuff. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Uh, you know, you, you do a lot of cool content out there on social media, so always, always up for uh, liking stuff that people post. Yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely appreciate that. Um, Anthony, uh, do you mind kind of, for the listeners, sharing a little bit of background about yourself, maybe even where you grew up? Yeah, so I, I grew up in Florida, uh, Orlando, for the most part. Um, lived there, uh, you know, kind of my teenage years, early college years. Um, got in the scene in Orlando. That's kind of where I started. Um, on a Saturday night, there was a hangout in uh, Orlando on the in Kmart parking lot. Yep. Uh, that's where I kind of started meeting people uh, in the scene and uh, kind of took off from there. And then I moved, you know, I live in Texas, moved to Texas in 2006 uh, for work. That's where I've been ever since. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And we're kind of of the same age. You probably remember growing up, you know, the epic 80s and 90s. Uh, were you mm -hmm. into other stuff, like, before you got into trucks, like bikes or anything like that? Uh, yeah, I was in the, in the BMX bikes. Uh, had a had a GT Dyno uh, Performer. Uh, my best friend got me into, actually, into bikes. Uh, got me into, uh, in the beginning, was car stereos, yeah. uh, his brother. Um, so I was in bikes, car stereos, skateboards, you know, just... We play, played sports in high school, baseball, uh, football, swimming. So kind of kind of did a lot of different things growing up. And I, my dad was a mechanic, so I always kind of gravitated towards cars. Ah, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, it's crazy to me that you know a lot of us are kind of at this age now where our friend Sean over at Rad BMX Builds, you know, he's doing some cool stuff. But I would have never thought when I was younger that like the BMX stuff would be like, so, I mean, it's just, everybody wants a bike or maybe the bike they had when they were younger, even the skate decks, everybody's collecting them. It's just, it's kind of insane how I think we grew up in a pretty cool era. I would agree with that. A lot of cool, <laughs> lot of cool stuff. A lot of cool stuff came out of, uh, came out of our era. I mean, I've been looking at bikes online and uh, just the prices that they're asking for something that, that I had, I paid a couple hundred bucks yeah. for, Yeah. Uh, you know? So uh, yeah, definitely the bike thing is pretty cool. I, I like seeing some of these builds, that guys are building with trucks, incorporating some of these, you know, old school bikes into them as well. It's pretty neat. I think our generation and, and what we built, uh, as you as you see, is coming back. I think yeah. guys are put guys are putting a, a modern twist on those things, and it's really freaking cool. Like it, it's truly cool. Yeah, I would have never thought that it would be to this level. And the when some sometimes I'll have a buddy that's like, man, I want to get into a bike or whatever, and I'm like, you know, to be honest, like you can get those 24 26 and i think 29 inch like you know gt will release like a uh you know like a, a i call it a pepto kind of pink color and uh you know it'll be more affordable you know plus it's a little bigger because man as much as it's neat to have a 20 inch bike you know i i've tried riding one a couple years ago and i was like good god man i can only do it for a few minutes you know <laughs> so it is kind of cool that they're doing the retro a little bit bigger bikes yeah but um 
Now, you mentioned, what's funny is I got in the truck scene kind of mid to late 90s, but I wasn't really tied in with all of the Orlando guys. You know, I remember hearing, I never got to go to one of the... um, the water park water mania shows i saw them in magazines and then you know there were like a pep boys hangout like you said kmart uh i'd imagine you started kind of you know meeting some of the mainstay guys out there in orlando like the dave shulman's i think eddie was out there uh, a lot of those guys in 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 that era oh yeah i mean uh what's funny is uh i eventually would would get into mini madness uh, which right. Dave Shulman was in Mini Madness. Uh, he was in the Orlando chapter. Um, so me and Dave, I mean, I've known Dave for many, many years. We've had ups, we've had downs, you know? Yep, yep. Um, but yeah, Eddie, uh, I, I know him. Obviously, I know, you know, uh, I had. I would eventually meet Matt um, Ferguson from the shop. Yep. Oh, man, a bunch of the negative Cambry guys, the original Orlando negative Cambry guys I would eventually meet. They yep. used to be in the car club. Uh, I think it was like rated R or something yeah, of that yeah, effect. Yeah. I think Tim and Randy told me about that. Yeah, yeah, Tim, Randy, the, those guys I knew. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, it's kind of funny. Orlando, you know, spawned off, you know, the, the negative Cambry, the severed ties. Yep. And I knew all those guys. Uh, yep. I just happened that you know i was in mini madness um when i left mini madness i actually went to lifestyle minis which um that's what rob Sepper was in originally yep Uh, and then he he winds up going with with matt and those guys over to to severed and so i was i was always kind of like wanted to be a relaxed guy Mm -hmm. uh kind of just you know growing up in the in the magazines and looking mini trucking and all and and that's when the eventually jay church starts the Florida chapter in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. I just happened to, I don't even know. I think it was through street source magazine. I think mm-hmm. it's kind of how I, re- I reached out to, to Matt, um, or Jay and, uh, that whole thing becomes, uh, into fruition. Like I wind up becoming a, a relaxed member. Yeah. Yeah. I remember back in those days and like Jay had talked a little bit about starting it and it was kind of cool that, you know that the, these the three big clubs at the time severed NC and RA. You know that they made their way to Florida. You know, in kind of the mid to, to late nineties. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool stuff. Now, some people may not know, like when you talk, and I don't know either. So, like when you first get into like trucks, was it? I had heard Matt Torgerson had worked on not not the truck that we'll talk about later, but did, you had another truck. Was that one of your first minis? Yeah, so originally, um, you know, I, I get a, a black mini, uh, a black Azuzu regular cab uh, my, my senior year in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at this point, um, I've been to a lot of stereo shows. Uh, my, my best friend uh, in high school, uh, Jeff Renner, his brother uh, was older than us, so he already had a car. He was big in the stereos. We'd go to all the stereo shows local in Florida. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm like a bass head, right. you know, like, <laughs> and so, and so, um, you know, it's got, it went, I had, you know, some, uh, Solberg tens behind the seat. Then I wound up getting a topper, putting a stereo in the top in the bed. Um, so I come to Orlando for college and I had this black Zuzu topper stereo, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then I start hanging out at, at the on Saturdays at, at the Kmart parking lot, and I'm seeing you know I'm seeing drop trucks like laid out, and I'm yep. seeing you know 
hydraulics and <laughs> dancing beds and all those things, right? And I'm like, oh my god, like where I'm from, where I was from in Florida is like a small little town. Before I moved to Orlando, and I'm like, man, this is awesome. Like, mm-hmm. and so I decide, okay, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something to my truck. And I just, I can't even remember how I meet Matt to be honest. Like, so, just somehow in that whole scene of of Kmart, really, and. uh he starts building it. Like, so I was like, we did Amigo fenders. We did like a diamond tilt hood on it. We, sh- we French the antenna. We shaved door handles. Um, we did all kinds of stuff yeah. on it. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then I drove it like that and primer for a little while, uh, you know, doing the under construction thing. And then eventually the president of mini madness paints it. Um, and that was kind of a cool process because he painted it in a garage in his back of his uh, parents' house, oh, like wow. a makeshift paint, like a makeshift paint booth. Um, and I was actually able to be there, um, and I helped tape, prep, wet sand, like kind of the whole process of of the uh, of the paint cycle. So, mm-hmm. and so that's my first, you know, my first issue was a yellow. It was all yellow. Had a bunch of tribal because that was what was in, you know, in at the time. Yep. In the late late nineties. Um, and so that was my first like dive into like being a you know owning a custom uh, truck, mm-hmm. and I took it to, took it to car shows in Florida. I, my claim to fame with that with that one was I went to Nopi Nationals in Atlanta, and so that's kind of how my itch for like true true custom vehicles began was was the '93 Suzuki pickup. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I remember somehow hearing that Matt had worked on that and you know we had met I had met Matt about 98 and it still blows my mind I got to see him last uh April or this past April and you know he was he dug out a bunch of photos he was really good about taking uh photos with you know film camera you know just a snap here snap there when he finished stuff or when he was working on it and it was kind of cool to go back through memory lane because you know he he had reminded me he was in Florida only X amount of years. I forget if it was 14 years or something, but he, he worked on a lot of trucks, you know, and it was just, oh, it, yeah, was, it was so cool, man. Yeah. He, he touched a lot of the custom trucks in, in the Florida area, like the Orlando area. Um, and he did a lot of crazy stuff. I mean, he, he truly is a born talented guy. Yeah. Um, just, you know, some of the stuff he did. Oh yeah. Now let me ask you this. So we kind of transition to like something I'm super excited to talk about. Like from there, talk to us about how the space cab came about. Like was that so? Like you enjoy the the regular cab truck, you do your thing, and then you end up getting the space cab. Is that kind of the transition to like the next project? Well, it's so it kind of it doesn't take fruition for a, a few years actually. Because oh. what happens is I I sell the I sell the '93. Um, I get a 98 S10 extra cab, uh, Chevy. Um, I build that, put it's lower wheels, you know, stereo, stuff like that. You know, just all black, nothing fancy, just kind of a, a driver, you know, daily driver. And I'm using it to go back and forth to work. And then I get rid of that. Um, and I think I get like a 2001 two-door blazer. And I'm okay. like... I, I put a stereo in it, you know, nothing fancy. I'm kind of like, man, I'm really, I'm missing like having something like custom, custom. Mm-hmm. And so around that time, or probably prior to that, um, radar, radar Zuzu space cab is in under construction mini trucking. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh man, you know, I, I see the space cab, and 
there's been some space cabs on the cover of mini trucking at this point, right? Or yep. in the magazine. And, and, uh, and, I'm like, and a friend of mine has one in Orlando. And I'm like, man, that, maybe I should build a space cab. Like, I know nobody likes the window and, and all that, you know. <laughs> and uh, that's the knock on them, right? But uh, so I, I go out and look for one. Uh, I pick one up. And so I'm like, okay, so now I have this truck. It's, it's sitting sitting in my, my apartment. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh. And so then I just start, I'm like, okay, if I'm going to do this, and so I'm seeing like the bills that are currently happening, right? And, yep. and where, where things are going. And yeah, they got people building frames and, and, you know, in this, in what, in the West coast, California, they got guys that have done frames. And, yep. and at the time, uh, a buddy of mine, Paul, that I know, he's got a crew cab dually that's right hand drive. Okay. Yep. And so I'm like, Hmm, interesting. Like I'm thinking maybe I do a right hand drive and, so I'm just writing a list, man. Like I'm just writing things down, like mm-hmm. what I want to do best, what I want to do that, right? So, so originally, so I go, okay, I go to Anthony Rhodes. Yep. And so I said, hey, uh, I want to build this truck. You know, I want you to kind of help with the build, whatever. So we take it. He takes it to his media blast guy. He media blasts it, and we do kind of the first round of of modifications. We do mm-hmm. like the shape handles, and so he starts kind of doing the build. And this is, I want to say this is around like 2002, maybe something like that. And because we're going, I know we go to show show fest um, and that, and so that's kind of being built around that time. And so I get with Paul and them because they're gonna Paul and um, I can't remember Mike Jones and there's another dude I can't remember his name now. It'll come to me, but yep. they're uh, they they're gonna open a shop. And they're going to build, they're doing motorcycles. The guy's dad's doing motorcycles and they're going to have space to do like build trucks. Oh, right, right. So we go in, I go, I go, and we're talking. I was like, hey, if, we're, if I'm going to do this, like we're going all in. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we're doing frame, motor, like nothing at the time had, that had been done. Yep, yep. Like to the extent it's been, you know what I mean? Sure. So it, it starts getting built. It starts getting built. They they build it, and then things happen, and they're like, "Hey, we 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 can't build it anymore." So now it comes to my house. Oh. So it's in my garage. It's primered. It's running. It's got no no exhaust on it. So straight headers. <laughs> no interior except for one, like except for seats. Um, you know, it's it's in rough shape. So now I'm like, "Well, fuck! I gotta find someone to build it. Like someone to." take over the project finish it yep yeah you know and i'm like and this thing and, and and this thing has been already a headache for up to where it's been you know you know builds are always headaches sure. right yeah and one year you did take it to real quick you did take it to blood drag like oh two oh three ish yes so i think it's oh two it goes to blood drag um so it's it's and that's a last minute decision okay it's a it's a should we go should we not go because <laughs> uh, I, I didn't want many people to see it yep. like it went the frame went to slam fest yep like, like that same year and like nobody knew what the frame was for like we i wasn't we were telling nobody mm-hmm. uh, it's a frame where it's a frame we're building this frame we're building this frame but nobody knew it was my frame yep and and so i'm like okay let's let's take it we'll, we'll take it so um we hurriedly <laughs> mix a mix a minty minty green primer color. Yep. The primer of the whole truck. Um, we do like you mentioned. Uh, I think on the 
on Facebook. You know, we we do the the grill the grill uh, for the for the for the dashboard. Dash. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, J- just to be like you know, spirit people like, oh yeah. my god, they're gonna do it. You know, <laughs> yeah, get people talking. <laughs> so we take, yeah, so we take it down there, you know, and and I'm like, okay, so to see what, you know, see kind of the buzz and what people like on it, what people don't like on it, whatever, because things can be changed, right? Yep. And then after that, that's, you know, maybe six months after that, it, it's in my garage. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm like, okay, what, who do I, do I take it back to Anthony? Do I, and you know, he's backed up, he's busy, Yep. you know, cause he's building, I think at the time he's building cash 22. Yeah. Uh, probably around that time, if not already done with it. But so that's where with the help of Mitch Anderson, he gets me hooked up with Kevin Cox in um, um, Oklahoma. Yep. Yep. And that was like, this was like when you, cause people may not realize you moved from Florida to Texas around that time. Is, is that when mm-hmm. like you start transitioning the project to go, you know what, this is where my stomping ground is going to be. You know, Mitch Henderson, right. rest in peace. He he says, "Yo, look, I, I can get you linked in with these guys." Yeah, so it's it's right about it's before I move. Okay, and so and so um, I get the truck brought over there. It, it gets over there, and so I I go and visit and kind of we get the game planned. And at this point, there's already a rendering. So you know, there wasn't really a rendering until we gets to 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 him. Thank you to to Robbie and KG. He did the rendering for me, and so so now there's a plan. Like, okay, here's the rendering. This is what else needs to be worked on, and so then for I don't even know how long it's been. It's there, you know, and they're probably over a year, and they're building it. Um, and then I get it back for like the uh, good guy show. So I get it back for that show. Okay, um, and there's some stuff that still needs to be finished. It's like not perfect. And and I'm a big perfectionist. So like, I was like, okay. So I talked to Jim Baines and that's how it gets the killer rides in Sigleville. Yeah. It's because Jim is the guy over, I think he's the owner of killer rides. Yes. Yeah. He's the owner of killer rides. So, so yeah. So basically it's finished, but not completely finished when I get it back. And then I talked to Jim, he takes it. And he finishes all the little, there's some little nuances that need yeah. to be taken care of that he fixes. And so that's how it kind of progressed through the different the different shops. And it, it, it had seen a lot of shops. A lot, a lot of different people touched hands on it. And I'm grateful for everybody that did their part in it. Um, yeah. Without, you know, without like Anthony starting it, without, my, you know, Paul and, and Mike Jones and, and those guys, it wouldn't have had the frame. It wouldn't have the motor. Like, you know, and then, Kevin uh, up there in Oklahoma, it wouldn't have had the pain. It wouldn't have the interior because I didn't have it. In, like he got his guy to to his stereo guy that came up with the rendering for the whole interior. Yeah, I so, remember seeing like, that in the feature. They mentioned like the design group that came up with it. I was like, holy crap, that's like big stuff. Yeah, yeah, and, and then you know going to SEMA, getting all the sponsors for it. You know, Rockford was one of the sponsors at the time for it. Um, you know. So it's just a lot of hands, uh, you know. It, I think most, I think most builds nowadays would probably like that. You know, there's multiple multiple shops have their hands in, in in the role of getting a vehicle built. But oh yeah, back when I was doing it, it was it seemed like it was a 
it was going to make me go crazy. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And what I want the listeners to know, too, that if you think about, you know, back not quite 20 years, but, you know, when this truck was being built, I mean, sure, there were there were high-end builds going around the country, you know, like Time Machine and things like that. But, like, this truck to have a frame, to have, you know, the motor swap, to have right-hand drive, uh, like, I'll be honest, like, when I saw your truck finished, dude, I always want to tell you it motivated the hell out of me. Like when I saw the painted moldings on it, I knew, dude, I want that on my S10. And it was a C10 also that was on the cover of sport truck. You know, it had a very similar, like around that era, it seemed like a lot of guys were doing that. You know, you were the first one that I can remember in the mini truck scene. But like when I saw that, you know, and you know, the bed on my truck really resembles how the inside bed of yours is finished. And then you had the cover that opened up. Like, dude, it just had so many mods to it, man. Yeah, that, and that was that's kind of where the name came from, too. Um, like, I wanted to be the exception to the rule. Yep. Like, I didn't want to follow the, the, the normal mold. blueprint. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm not going to just do, you know, what everybody was doing. Like, if I'm going to do something, I was, that, and that's why I said when, when I it was going to be, it was going to be as, as close to a, a hot rod as, as a, and I'm not saying it's a it's a Riddler Award car, but I'm sure. saying like how those guys you know go out and touch every single thing on the vehicle. Um, that's what we were gonna do, and I was like, I, I didn't care what it cost, and we were gonna do it. And and it, it is funny now today, like when I you know kind of kind of got back going to car shows, you know here and there. And you're like, oh, hey, look, a, a bed door that opens up and shows the suspension. You know, you're like, I did that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just kind of funny how some of the stuff that I see now, I'm like, wow, that's that's kind of cool. Because, you know, I did it a long time ago. And yep. it's still, you know, something that people still do that they still think is cool to do. Yes. Yep, exactly. Yeah, and so walk us through, like, in your head, like, if, if somebody, if, you know, you're in an elevator and somebody's like, hey, have you ever built something custom? Like, when I think of the elevator pitch on this truck and you talk about some of the mods that stand out to you, you know, whether it's the interior, the exterior, the engine bay, what are some things that come to mind uh, for you, Anthony? I mean, first and foremost is the right-hand drive. Yeah. I yeah. think that's probably the first thing I'd be like, yeah, I built this truck that had a right-hand drive, and we didn't, you know, we did it, like, the hard way like now you could probably buy the whole everything from australia or you know right. what i mean something yep. you could buy everything back then we weren't we were i didn't have the access to stuff that guys have now yep like i found a i found a site that shows every molding every everything you need for an azuzu they have now like you can just buy it like wow like before, when i did it was like hunting and pecking trying to find somebody <laughs> that knew somebody you know yep. what i mean yeah but i probably would definitely be the the right hand drive and and for for me too, I will say this. I'll I'll tag in here, it, the roll down back window. Like that's always you know, long time listeners will know. Like I always talk yeah. about, I love that. You know, Cr Lawrence made them for the Chevys up to like ninety one, ninety two. But you started yeah. getting into it. Might be the first one I can remember. I remember seeing it. I was like, damn. And that was one mod we were going to do on my truck. And you know, Jimmy was like, look, it's a little different on the S ten square or the S ten round bodies. But like seeing that to me also gave a cool other perspective because when the window's down and you look at photos from that era, like you don't have the glare when you're getting that rear fo- that rear photo yeah. of the interior. Like, dude, that was just like, dude, awesome. And that was like a whole, like, I, I don't even, 
that was an afterthought. Like uh, that wasn't a, like on the list of things to do at first. It was, um, I think I, we were somewhere like I was driving somewhere and, 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 uh, to going to pick up, I think some parts for the truck and, uh, pulled into the parking lot and there was a, um, a forerunner there and the window was half down. Boom. And I looked at, it, I was like, Hmm. And yeah. I, you know, I was like, well, I was like, I already have a Toyota bumper and you know, front bumper balance on the truck. You know, I'm like, and I was like, and I think I was with Paul, and I said, hey, Paul, you think we could do a roll-down back window? And he was like, I guess we could. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and again, and so it just like, adds to, like, every piece of this thing is touched, custom. Yeah, and then I called around Junkyard. It's got the whole the whole back deck lid uh, from a forerunner. Sick. And then, we, and then we just took the mechanism. We The glass was uh, – we had to get the glass cut specifically for the truck – um, and, uh, yeah, and then, then they had the power back window on it, the roll, roll down back window. Oh yeah. But I think like my favorite thing, I mean, and it's kind of weird. It's not, but it's like the bed, the, the inside of the bed to yeah. me is kind of like my favorite Yep. because it's, it's not like it's rolled. It's, it's smooth corners. It, it just kind of all flows. Um, and I know that's kind of the boring part of the vehicle. It's not the most exciting part, but for me, it's kind of like the bed's like my favorite favorite piece of the truck yeah it looks so clean and you know speaking of the bed what always stuck out to me in the in for the listeners december 2006 street trucks cover is you know to me when the isuzu's when the beds welded shut you know those body lines come across but then you did the caddy tails on it and then you sunk in you frenched in the tag like down around on the driver's side around where the body line was at. Like all of that just from that rear three quarter shot looks flawless. Yeah, that's uh that was a whole I think um I think at the time it was FBI. I think yes. it's what bought the whole the whole tailgate it was a tailgate combo skin with the roll pan and then you would yeah. could tell where you wanted your license plate. And I didn't I wanted it not just in the normal again, not the yep. normal Spot. place that most most people put it so i figured let's do something a little bit different so we just kind of put it there i thought it, it kind of gave it a a pretty cool looking look you know yeah and also import trucks at that time to jump to the front it's like i mean i'm going from memory but you know there weren't many guys if any that i knew of that were going and, and you said hey let's do a you know a big wall a small block chevy engine so that was a whole nother aspect that you said, hey, we'll do a motor swap, but we're not just going to bump up from a four to a six-cylinder Isuzu motor. We're going to go and, and do something crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was cool. Uh, yeah, and it was, at the time I was driving a Tahoe too, so I was like, man, I want, you know, I have V8 power in my Tahoe. Let's put V8 power in the, in the, the Isuzu. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the one of the other vehicles the, the guys were building uh, at Dragon, that, that was the name of the shop. Yep. They were building an S10 that that had a, a V8 swap in it as well, and that thing I don't, that thing never got finished. But that thing had some crazy mods on it and, and whatnot. And I never knew what happened to it. But so I was like, oh, let's do you know I'm like let's do a V8 swap. And my buddy, uh, my buddy Bobby, um, he had an old Caprice that had a, a 383 stroker motor in it, wow. and he was like, dude, I'll give you the motor. <laughs> wow. So like I was like, you really? He's like, yeah, I'll give it to you, man. He's like, I'll give you the motor. We'll put it in the truck. So he gives me the motor, and his brother built it. So it was all like it was all you know down straight. It was good to go, no issues. Um, and then we you know painted it and everything else and put it. Got all the billet and the chrome and 
all the accents and stuff and, and put it on there and dropped it in. And then it was just building that firewall, yeah. <laughs> uh, which, you know, it, it just sits right in there. It's like the, you know, the, 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 the ring and the jewelry box, you open up the hood, it's just, <laughs> it's in there, which is another, you know, another favorite thing in the, on the truck that I think, you know, when I look at the truck, um, there's, there's so many things that, you know, it's funny when I saw it the last time I saw it, uh, uh, Alabama, um, not this year, last year when I went, I hadn't seen it in person in shoot, probably 10 years. 10 years or so. Yeah. It was a long time since I had seen it in person. And I, you know, I look at every now and again, I'll, I'll look at a picture of it or whatever, but I'm not, you know, it's like, that's sure. my past, out right? you know, yeah, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. But, uh, when I, well, when I walked up on it, I was just like, Oh my God, like, that's a nice truck. <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm like, that's a, that's a pretty damn nice truck. And I'm just like thinking, wow, I'm, like that was my mine. Ideas, I had my hand in it. Yeah. Like my ideas are like what you see, uh, you know, in person. So it was kind of, it's kind of so real. It's kind of crazy. Um, and then when I seen it, um, at world of wheels in Kansas city, cause the owner takes it, he likes to go to some of the world of wheel shows. And he had that thing dialed in. Like it was spot on. Im- it was immaculate. Like it was shining. It was like everything. All the billet was super polished. And it was just like, like, and there was some high end stuff there. And I'm like, this thing is, Bet this you. thing can compete. You know, this thing can compete with some of the high end stuff. So it was, <laughs> yeah. like, it, was, it was like a kind of a affirmation that like I did when I built it, I did it right. You know. Yeah, all those years later, and I think it stood the test of time. Um, speaking of the firewall, that's another thing I carried over on my truck because I remember, and I'm saying all this because, again, you know, giving you the props, you know, we, we talk about giving these guys the flowers to hear like, hey, you know, you built some badass shit. But the firewall, what was cool is I don't know that any many truckers at the time had done, you know, there was a company, Google Components, that was kind of doing, they're like, oh, you know, you can get the unsightly brake booster off, you know, or on my S10. We ended up just doing, a lot of people don't know, it's just a manual brake setup in mine, but basically you get it off the firewall, and that was one thing that stood out to me about your firewall is, you know, you hear about guys shaving a firewall, dude, yours is not even shaved, it's like, boom, there's nothing there. Yeah, that was again. You know, when you when you back then again, you know, you're, you're looking at you know what twenty years ago almost. There wasn't some of the stuff they have now. Like Willwood didn't make a, a mini, you know, right. uh, <laughs> a mini hydraulic brake booster. So you're like, okay, we don't want the brake booster on the firewall, but where are we going to put it? You know, so yep. it was like a lot of this stuff was trial and error. Like, hey, this isn't going to work. We got to come up with something else or. You know, I get a call at work. Hey, Anthony, uh, we ran into a little snag on this. I'm like, all right, I get off work at seven. Um, the shop was about 20 minutes away from my job when I worked in Orlando. So, like, it'd be nice that I would leave work, go down to the shop and help, you know, figure something out or like help work on the truck. And, uh, so there was a lot of those, hey, Anthony's, we, uh, need to relook at this or, hey, Anthony, this isn't going to work. We got to figure something out. Um, <laughs> yeah. but I just wanted, you know, I just wanted everything to be like super clean. Like, like if it didn't need to be visible, I didn't want it visible. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I just, I just wanted everything. And even now, like you'll get smooth firewalls, like you're saying, but you still have like that little wood brake booster on there, but they look, they're so small and like shiny and pretty now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You the, could pull that, the that stuff off the a little different now. Yeah. 
yeah, the other thing that the interior was crazy because not only obviously we talked about right hand drive, but the dash was crazy. You had the the pods in the middle, but then an, I think an underrated aspect was the center console, how it flows from the dash all the way to the back, and still unique to this day was once you know the center console kind of splits off into the the space cap section. You almost have this. You see them on boats now, almost these speaker bars, right? But you had this kind of unique aspect on how they mounted those rear speakers on the top. But then the tank, how you can kind of see a couple guys. I know um, Rico from Aftermath. He ended up doing a molded tank setup in his bed. That was unique. You really never saw that again. But how your tank was mounted in here, this was still. I haven't seen anybody do anything close to that. Yeah, that that was that was from the original build, like when we when the build was started. Because um, we were like, I wanted it. I didn't. You know, everyone was doing these little small, you know, eight five gallon tanks, yeah, or, yeah. and and I was like, let's do something different. Let's you know, let's kind of bring the kind of put a little focus on the tanks. And so, and again, the interior wasn't even planned or thought about at that point. And so, I wound up getting two scuba tanks. And so we mold, we welded them together and put them on a mount, and that's that's what those are. They're they're scuba tanks. So um, awesome. And then the interior guys just said, "Let's run with it. Let's build everything in the back around it, and like kind of showcase them. Paint them. You know, we painted them green, and just let them be kind of in the middle of all the stereo uh, uh, in the rear of the of the truck there. Oh yeah, it looks good. Now, th- something to me that's underrated on the interior is. So as many truckers, we love our sliding rag tops, right? You know, Scepter had one in his Isuzu, like so many people have, yeah. right? But, you know, yeah. to have a space cab, you get a little bit more, you know, space, so to speak, with it open. <laughs> but then you guys go, and again, you know, this is, you know, your truck and, and you as a mini trucker, you know, gave us a lot of ideas. It's like, oh, man, you know, let's take it to the next level. You know, everybody was trying to outcompete everyone. But with yours... You end up the the interior guys craft this cover. So when um, basically you have a headliner, right? This badass looks like leather. Yeah. But when when it's closed, you know, and you get that in a photo, you're kind of like, okay, you see something there, but it just it all flows, man. Yeah, that was that was just the interior guys. Like you know, they they I I gave them free reign. Like they, like they drew the rendering, and I was like, yeah, cool, go with it. And yep. they um they decided to make like an insert, a headliner piece with you know, kind of a design that kind of flew, flowed with the rest of the interior um, so that you could shut the, shut the, uh, the sliding rag and it still kind of looked clean and neat. Yep. Cause I never personally, when I showed it, I always had the, the sliding rag closed and gotcha. I always left that piece in the, the owner. Now he always opens it. He always has the sliding rag open, uh, the headliner out, which either way it looks good. I just always had it closed. Cause I was like, to me, it, yeah, it just flew. Uh, yeah, it just flew better for me. But it looks good either way. I yep. mean, you know, let, let, you know, you get a forty by forty sliding rag. You might as well keep it open. Let the sun, <laughs> the sunshine. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, the feature in Street Trek said Epoch EPOC Design Group uh, took over behind the seats and built the custom enclosure in the space cab that houses the Rockford Fosgate. So, kind of what you've reinforced there. Yeah. Now you had mentioned, and I think you said this a few minutes ago too, when. When the truck, uh, for those that don't know, when it went to dust off, if people look back at the photos from 06, you and I were talking, and I always had noticed how it didn't have the bed cover on it. So, you know, to your point, a lot of C10 guys, a lot of mini truck guys, I mean, it's a big thing now. You'll see on these real high-end builds, 
uh, Jimmy did it on my S10, is you know you'll have this bed cover that kind of opens up, whether it's on an actuator or whatever. But I want to talk about how yours ended up getting painted along with the air cleaner. But at dust off, it wasn't on there, and it wasn't that wasn't the official debut. Ironically enough, when this airs. It's going to be the same week. Um, I think you debuted it at Heatwave 06, but before a uh, dust off, um, I say all that because the cover wasn't on there. Was it just not finished at that point? Yeah. So, so um, the bed door and the air cleaner weren't finished. So basically, um, the air cl- the those were two of the items that when I gave it to um, Jim Killer Rise, they they were tweaking. I got it. So they were redoing. They were redoing the bed door to repaint it with the wood grain in it to be a little bit, a little lighter. The wood grain was a little too right, dark on right. the original. So they were repainting that. Um, and then the air cleaner was being re, re, totally redone. The one that was originally done was not to my liking. So uh, those guys were rebuilding it and had one of my buddies that used to work there, Chris Hilton, had a, had a hand in, in working on the air cleaner. Plenty of different guys that worked at Killer Rides have, have have come to me before, messaged me, hey, I worked on your truck at, at Killer Rides and stuff. But So those two items were still being built uh, or reworked. So we just, uh, you know, since the shop is literally like a mile down the street from where that, that show used to be, I was like, yeah, let's just bring it. You know, hey, why not? Let's let's bring it out. And um, like I mentioned earlier, Mitch, Mitch Henderson's, one of his his first 37 uh, that he built the truck version was there, and some my truck and his truck were parked next to one another. And I have some some pretty cool pictures of those together. Yeah, that is pretty cool. And rest in peace, Mitch. And, you know, I wanted to kind of ask you how you know looking back on it now with him now being gone, unfortunately. You know, he, so many people talked about how he had a hand in maybe linking him up or linking people up with other folks or him helping and that type of thing. And it's got to be some good memories that you have, you know, back with your, you know, your old brother at the time, you know, having his hand in it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he, he helped me quite a bit. I mean, he, when we were doing the renderings, when I was getting the renderings back from, uh, from uh, Robbie and stuff, I was like, Hey, Mitch, you know, we, I was like, Hey, we got this color combo. Like I really want to do green. What's your opinion on color combos? So he, we talked about the color combos on the truck. You know, he, again, it got me linked up with, um, custom concepts in Oklahoma. Um, I had the privilege, um, to go to the SEMA that his, that truck debuted his first 37, which is uh-huh. ironic. My truck was supposed to be there, but it didn't get finished in time. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, something nobody knows. It was supposed to be at SEMA that year. In uh, that would have been 06, 06 or 07, I think. Uh, it would have, yeah, like like 06 because it was right, it would have been right when Street Trucks magazine came out, yes, because it was yeah, December it been and they come of, out about a month early, yep, exactly. Yeah, I still, I still went and I still went, uh, I still had the opportunity just to kind of you know Flow hang out with Mitch and yep. hang with Mitch and just you know listen to listen to listen to him talk and you know. He, he always, you know, always talked about stuff, and I always listened. Yeah. Because if it was gonna, if if, it, if something was gonna become a a, a fat, <laughs> like a, something was gonna come in into, you know, into the popularity, he he knew it was gonna come. Yeah. He just he had that. those trends. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's that's you know, he, he had a lot of input and and in, in, in the truck and just kind of my, you know, me me not building something to this level 
ever before and, and him with all his builds uh with cha-ching and stuff like that like he was the you know one of the perfect people to kind of pick pick their brain yeah innovator i do want to talk about some more things related to the truck and one some something that keeps some comes to mind people may not know i always like to try to get the backstory on how the cover shoot went down the the cool thing is, tip of the cap to Jeremy Cook, I love this cover because, you know, oftentimes you get these three-quarter shots and things like that. When Jeremy shot this front three-quarter shot, he, he shot it from the dry, or the passenger side, which is, you know, right-hand drive. And it was cool because you see the front fender, you see the wheels perfectly, the paint job, the molding painted on. But then you get, you know, the good shot of the interior and a little bit of the bed. A lot of times these are shot on location at a show, but my understanding was it wasn't shot um, at Heatwave when it debuted in 06, fully done. It was shot before then, you were telling me. Yeah, so it, it's kind of funny um, how Jeremy even, how I even got into having Jeremy shoot it for Street Trucks. It was, again, it was, I was I was in Orlando still, I was working, and ah. um, Mitch actually brought Jeremy to kill, to kill a ride shop, and my truck was there. Wow! And so Jeremy, Jeremy asked Mitch, "Whose truck is that?" <laughs> He's like, "Damn, dude, we gotta have that." <laughs> and Mitch was like, "Oh, that's my boy AJ's truck, you know." And he's like, "Oh man, I gotta shoot that truck. I gotta shoot that truck." Well, unfortunately, I was already talking to Michael Alexander about shooting it for mini trucking. Ah, yeah, it was one of those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it's like the thing I was gonna always say is this is the funny thing. You know, we always had this dream of getting on Mini Trucking Magazine, but in that era something that I've always thought about is like street trucks was like, I don't want to, it was almost like a cut above because as you know, they didn't run a ton of mini trucks on the cover. Exactly. They, they had exactly. Some, but yeah, I mean, you looked at the magazine quality and things and it's no slide against mini trucking, but it was almost like if you could have the pick. So uh, talk to us, like how did that end up going down? Does Mitch cut the, you know, broker the deal there or what? Well, he, he basically, he calls me. He's like, hey, I got somebody that wants to talk to you. I'm like, okay, <laughs> not knowing who it is. And so it's Jeremy, and he's like, hey, man, my name, you know, introduces himself, whatever, whatever. And we start talking, and I was like, man, I don't know. Like, I don't, I've already kind of promised mini trucking. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's like, but he's like, but man, he's like, it's going to be in a cover. We'll do, a, you know, full blow, blowout. You know, we'll, we'll give you the biggest feature, yep. like the most pages. Yada 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 and all this stuff and and I was like oh man and so I was like thinking like who's been on the cover what what mini trucks have been on the cover at that point you know sure. I'm like thinking I'm like and I think maybe one two at that time yeah a few a few you know and, and I was like and then I kind of talked to my wife about it and I was like you know what do you what should I do <laughs> right right because because like now I'm like both magazines want me. I don't want to ruin my relationship with, with Alexander if I say I'm going to go street trucks, you know. So there's there's some of that brokering going back yeah. and forth. But I ultimately was like, you know what? We're, they're going to do the feature of the truck. They're going to do a tech article on the pinstriping, that first scratch on the oh. truck. And and also there's, you know, just it's on street trucks, you know. So sure. So that's how we did it. We we that's kind of how that all happened, and that was that was like a last minute. Like we're going to street street trucks over mini trucking. Oh yeah, and and so it was shot. You think like a week or two, or or leading up to Heat Wave, which was July, like let's say July twenty fourth ish, two thousand six. It was shot before then. Yeah, yeah, it was shot before then. It was actually shot. So it's kind of funny. There's a um, a correctional facility 
down the street from where Jim's shop is, where Killer Rise is, they were trying to get it shot on the grounds of that correctional facility. Oh, really? <laughs> that, that's what they, they were wanting to shoot it, like with the with the fence and the barbed that would wire have been and everything. Insane, yeah. <laughs> but uh, obviously, they they wouldn't let them do that. So they wanted up just shooting it in um, like a warehouse area district. Um, and that's kind of where the, that's, it was shot. Nothing, nothing fancy, special, nothing like that. Just this, this warehouse thing that they, that was behind the shop. Yeah. The, um, the, the truck spoke for, you know, itself. And what's cool is, you know, for those that don't know, December 06 street trucks, you basically have six feature spread, which is insane. You have the cover, of course, which is an, an awesome, timeless cover. But then also on the table of contents, there's like a nighttime photo. And I yeah. figured that maybe they had stayed out all day and they said, hey, you know, let's shoot. It. I mean, it looks like a nighttime photo, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, I think they, they, they did take some pictures of it in, uh, during the night because of the paint on the truck. You know, it's got pearls and stuff in it. So it, did, it looks a little differently in some in night lighting. But yeah, they did take some night photos of it too, which I didn't know that until I saw the magazine. Yeah, yeah, which I thought was cool, and and it was funny because when the earlier regime was there, you know, Stillwell, Courtney, and McCormick, you know, they would often take an awesome photo for the table of contents. You really don't see this a lot now, but it was cool that Jeremy did that because it it just kind of maybe gives an outtake of a photo or whatnot, and it just looked really cool. So yeah. Now it's funny you talk about you mentioned this earlier about the space cab windows. I I actually like them because I think they're a little bit more rare. And I'm sure over the years you probably had people like, oh man, you could have you could have just you know reshaped the window, whatever. But I think oh, in yeah. hindsight, I think it's I I don't know what it is. I, I it's a rare kind of a rare breed. You don't see as many space cabs and when you do, especially in Florida, you know, they're they're pretty rough. But to me, I always for some reason I did want to bring this up, but I always thought it looked good the way the way you left it. I'm glad that you did. Oh uh, yeah. I've had people say, why didn't you like redo the window to match the other window and, and <laughs> after you've stuff, done all this other stuff, they, that's what they point yeah. out. It's like really <laughs> Yeah, sure, they, okay. they didn't notice like they didn't notice the uh, you know the the, the smooth <laughs> the smooth you know radiator uh mound but they they wanted that done yeah yeah and that never that that never ever crossed my mind like never crossed my mind now what i did what one thing that did cross my mind that i never even tried to um execute was like what if i could roll the extra cab windows down like have them roll down oh right right but I was like, yeah, I think we, we're we're too far in now. Let's just go with what we yeah, got. Yeah, exactly. There was a, a truck, I think it might have been 06 or something. I forget. There was um there was a green full-size C10 that Street Trucks featured, and they called the feature like Rockstar or something. And so this guy made it. It was a crew cab C10. Then he made it an extended cab. And so it was, you know, four doors plus an extended cab, and he did, but it's a Chevy, right? So they're, like, flat. He did the roll-down side windows, and then he did the roll-down back window. I was like, that's a lot of windows, man. Like, it would be my luck. Yeah, none of the window motors would be working. <laughs> right, uh, yeah. That's a lot. But um, the other aspect of the truck was uh, the wheels, right? So US, mm-hmm. US for, USW Forge, um, they mm-hmm. technically, at least in the feature, that when they created this wheel, to me, very timeless. Um, 
it's a good mix of a lot of different billet wheels that come to mind for me, but I love the wheel. But they also called the wheel exception, so you kind of had basically a one-off wheel. Yeah, and so what's funny with that, um, Kevin, you know, had connections with those guys and was like, um, hey, man, like, I can get them to make a, a, a wheel, like a one-off wheel. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, do you want to, do you want to design it? And I was like, I'm like thinking, I've never designed a wheel in my life. <laughs> You're like, damn, man, I'm getting really big in here. <laughs> I'm like, but I knew somebody that could, right? So I, I reached out to, again to, to, to Robbie. And I was like, hey, man, I was like, uh, I need to design a wheel. I was like, if I give you a couple of wheels that I have in mind, can we come up with something? And so I took two different, and I won't say which wheels because I don't want to get, sure. I don't want to get the company calling me. But like, hey, you couldn't do that. But so I took two wheels that I really liked and merged them together, and uh, kind of came up with with the look of the wheel. And when we we pitched it to them, they only made so like the little spikes that were on the wheel. We had them hollow. They because of structural integrity and things like that, they had to make them you know solid with the ribs in it, but. Mm-hmm. And then they 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 built them, um, and yeah, they, they sell. Um, Who's it? Bond Speed sells the wheel as the as the tsunami. Ah. So I don't know. I don't know if USW Forge got bought by uh, Bond Speed at some point in time, but the wheel is called the tsunami now. So cool, yeah. And it just reinforces the icing on the cake with this build. Is that you know nothing? I don't mean this disrespect to anybody else, but like nothing was cookie cutter. Like it, it like you said, it, going back to the beginning, the foresight that you had. Like, hey, we want to go full tilt, hot rod ish. I mean, all the boxes were checked, and I just think that's pretty cool. Um, the feature also mentioned. So we talked about Mitch Henderson, rest in peace. You know, uh, Jim Bain. I think is how you say his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had a Scott Hot Rods front clip. We talked about the one-off USW Forge wheels uh, exception, but also um, one of your brothers at the time, Cope Kessler. Uh, I know he was mentioned in there as well, and I'm sure he played a hand in maybe helping a little bit. Yeah, he did some stuff on the on the uh, interior stuff. Um, he was he did all the like for the the um, sponsors. He did all the logos for the windows awesome. uh, for the for sponsors and stuff. Yeah, uh, Kobe actually was one of my my next door neighbor for for a few years uh, when I first moved to Texas. Very cool. Yeah, and you know, shout out to Ruben Artiaga. He helped get Cope on, and it was one of our most listened to and downloaded episodes. You know, people just absolutely loved it. I mean, obviously had his hand in the Blaupont van and. Oh, just, yeah. I mean, what what cool stuff hasn't he? You know, if you look up, you know, the definition of cool in the dictionary, the, there's a picture of Cope Kessler, right? I mean, he's got you know his hands in a lot of cool stuff. So, shout out to Cope. Sure. The um, the other thing I wanted to mention, what? Well, I wanted to ask you this: Is there maybe one thing that comes to mind, whether it's a story or a feature or excuse me, a mod on the truck that maybe people just don't know that we haven't already talked about? Any little fun factoid or anything? Oh man, um, I'm trying to think. Or a crazy story any... behind the scene where it was like you know, like you kind of you kind of hinted or you gave us one little um, nugget where you know it was going to go to SEMA, and you know it just didn't, you know everything didn't align. You know, obviously yeah. the some of the pinstriping and stuff. You know that I remember hearing some things like you were you wanted to kind of dial some things in, but I think you did all that right because. You know, even our friend Brad Chrisman that Chrisman that has this awesome S10, like he finished his truck and, and he wanted to redo the interior and he had Big Body do it. 
and he just he just kind of felt like the truck wasn't done. And like with you, you wanted to just dial in those final details and go boom, and that's what you did. Yeah, I, I just didn't like when I was building it because, especially because so many people knew the, about the build. You know, like people would ask me where the build's at, or or you know, at the time with Street Source, right? There'd be pictures of it on there. Or then when it came out in under construction, um, uh, and many trucking under construction because of uh, Alexander. Uh, when he ran it in there, and I just felt there was like such a big buildup, like when the truck was going to be debuted, that yep. like it had to be a hundred and ten percent dialed in. Yeah. I mean, even even like you know, there's it's, there's issues with it. I mean, there's flaws when even when it was done, there was a little few thing here, little thing there. Yeah, and I but, mean stuff that people's never going to see. Yeah, yeah, and so you know, it was just that whole okay, we have to make it, make sure it's built completely. Everything's buttoned up because I don't want somebody to be like, oh, look, he forgot to, you know, I don't know, do this on that door or something. Yeah. So there was a lot, super, super high pressure and high stakes on the build to get it right. And so that's kind of why we were, it was always kind of being pushed back. Oh, no, we got to do this. And then it was finally when Jim got it all buttoned up, I was like, okay, we're going to go to Heat Wave. Like, that's the goal. Let's get it to Heat Wave. We talked to Jeremy. Jeremy came and shot it the whole nine yards. Uh, one one funny story. <laughs> this one funny story okay. was, uh, and this is we go to the the RA show in Millington. Oh right, right, right. The All Star event. Right. Yeah, the All Star event, which was probably one of my favorite shows. And so we're 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 parked. We have it parked on the grass by where everyone's driving by. Oh boy. And so I go to yeah. So I go to start it. Right? I go to start it up, and it backfires. <laughs> <laughs> and, and almost cat and like catches some of the grass on fire underneath the truck. Oh boy! So I'm so I'm sitting there patting it out with my hand. Well, Eli uh, Griffin, yeah, he goes and runs and grabs a fire extinguisher because you know his the, his truck had burnt down. Right, right. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. So he comes running back with a fire extinguisher. He's like, "I got you a fire extinguisher. I didn't want your truck to burn down. You know, I don't want you to be like me, whatever." <laughs> Wow, there's a fun fact. Wow. Yeah, shout out to Eli. (laughs) Fun fun fact, my truck almost burnt down in uh, Millington, Tennessee. God, crazy. (laughs) But, yeah, that truck had uh, – Speedy always jokes with me, you know, that covered trucks always always are cursed. You know, it won't start here. It wouldn't start there. You know, just – it definitely gave gave me a lot of headaches. Yeah. Uh, Just – you know, not wanting to start or this or that. And and I do believe even with mine, I had hiccups and stuff. And I think sometimes, and like you said, it is a little different now because nowadays you can order an LS engine that's, you know, you can spend 10, 20, 30 grand on an LS depending on what you want. And, you know, you can have things a little bit dialed in. But back then, like even on my truck, like I had a great running four cylinder and it's like, okay, go four, three. Well, let's powder coat the block. Let's do this. You know, before you know it, it's all custom, and then you know you need everything to work perfectly together. And it's not that they didn't, but it's just you know sometimes we had our hiccups, you know. And I certainly had mine. You know, it's frustrating. But one of the things in the feature that it starts off with is it says you know in the December '06 street trucks that you know you wanted to build a truck that was timeless, you know. And I really think that I mean I know that you accomplished that and. Um, to me, when I think of the caliber, um, you know, the hustle, the time, the determination, um, you know, all of that, all of the accolades, a question that I have, and I, I often, I kind of maybe ran into this a little bit of myself, and you hinted at the very end of your last statement, do you, do you do all of that 
you go to all these shows, you realize like the time and effort and, you know, you got your normal career and do you just get bored with it and just go, you know, it's all this been that, you know, I've gripped my teeth all these years and there's all this money going out and all this time and effort and I'm just ready to move on. Is that kind of what, what happens? Cause I know, I know I've got an answer in my head. <laughs> I don't think I ever got bored of it. I, I think, um, unfortunately, you know, as you get older and you have kids, you have a family. Yep. For me, it was just kind of a different path in my life, a different direction I was going. Yep, yep. And so that's where the decision, even though it was a very hard decision, was to put it up for sale. Um, I hated that I sold it. I, you know, Like I said, I knew it got sold after I sold it, and then it got sold again. Um, and I was playing kind of in my mind, like, tag, where did it go? I got to find it kind yep, of thing. Yep. And then the owner that owns it now actually reached out to me because um, he didn't, he wanted. To, he, one thing I will say about the the owner now, um, his name's Tim. He's really tried to keep it how it was and like bring it back to how it was and and fix any little thing awesome. that might be wrong with it, you know. So that's why I said when I seen it, when I saw it uh, in, in Kansas City, it just looked breathtaking. Like it was polished, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he's just you know maintenance things and little things here and there, but the the truck. I mean, the truck still looks like, like you said, it's it's timeless. It still amazes me when he like when he posts pictures of it or or whatever, or even like when you guys post pictures or other sure. Facebook pages post pictures. How like all the comments, like all the positive comments that people say are like, "Oh, that truck, this and that," or it's timeless, or it's oh, it's my favorite Isuzu. Like it's kind of it's kind of humbling because I'm like, wow, you know, like what I did. 15, 20, you know, whatever, yeah. 17, 18 years ago, whatever it was, like people still can enjoy it and still like respect what was done and what was put into the vehicle. Yeah, hundred percent because, you know, comments can be crazy these days. Someone dug an old severed truck out the other day and it's like an early 2000s and, you know, the comments are like the taillights are horrible and this and that. And people tend to forget that, you know, when something's done 20 years ago, like, I mean, you look in the 70s, fashion was different. You know, we look at bell bottoms and go, what were they thinking? You know, that's not, I don't know. I don't, just don't think they're cool. But, you know, you think about that even with a truck. And, you know, in this scene of ours, it's like you're hot one minute, you know, you got the craziest truck. And then the next year, it's like you people walk past it and go, oh, that's old news, you know. But, like, with your right. truck, when I saw it at Battle in Bama 2017, uh, I think Pascal's brother had just bought it. And I think that's the person yeah. you sold it to, right? Yeah, that's the person I sold it to. Um, it, it just it felt right, you know. Like yeah. some people, when you sell something to it, you're like, eh. but it just felt right. Like he, again, it was kind of funny because all the people, like like the guy that owns it now, wanted it then, right? Just couldn't make it happen. And now, like, it's funny because I have all these people like come to me. Oh yeah, I wanted to buy it. I wanted to like all these people wanted to buy it. It's like, well, it was for sale. You could have bought it. Right. Because I remember back in the Street Source days, I think it was your truck that you had for sale. There was someone, and it might have been yours, and I remember, you know, you kind of wanted it gone. And, um, you know, because, like, not wanted it gone, but you, let me restate that, you, you know, you kind of wanted to kind of move on, right? And we're all, we all yeah. kind of get to the, some of those things. But what's awesome is, much like when Charles Armstrong sold Time Machine, you know, he sold it and it did go to the mini truck collector, but. You know, he, he can go see it anytime he wants and things like that. And to me, that would be my biggest fear, selling something. And we've seen this over the years where people just start dragging trucks and then they just get thrashed and they end up in a junkyard, right? And you're like, how? Mm-hmm. With this thing, 
it's in the right hands of a guy that appreciates it. He's going to take it to shows, you know, and to me, that is the icing on the cake. That's the silver lining that, you know, we sometimes need to get rid of or, or let stuff go. But if it goes to someone like that, and I'm sure if it was something that you really, really ever wanted back or he got into a position where he couldn't continue to be the, the caretaker, he would call you first, you know? Yeah, so. no, that's, that's, that's actually been... It's been discussed several times. Yeah, yeah. You first write a refusal, you know, that type of thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, before I just – we wrap it up here in a few minutes, um, I just wanted to ask you about your career. But, you know, is there anything else? Like, I- I'm sure there's maybe some guys' names that, you know, don't always get brought up. You know, like you said, you, you gave props to everybody that had their hands in it, which I think is awesome. But is there anything else that maybe we didn't touch on that you were thinking maybe we, we could have as far as the truck goes? Nah, I mean, I think we've, I mean, kind of talked about it. I yeah, don't know if there's anything else. Awesome I mean, there's, talk. I mean, we talk about all the the late nights and all the the, <laughs> the crazy stuff, and you know, the trip to Blood Drag and getting that thing ready at you know till two, three in the morning, and yeah, you know what I mean. But no, nah, I think you know the, the people, the people that worked on it know they worked on it, and the people that yeah that have you know given props to deserve it. I mean, yeah. there was a lot of people, a lot of hands that went into building it and uh it just sounds weird that it's been built that many years ago and i'm like because I, I don't consider myself one of the you know like when you talk about guys in the scene like my name's not even on that list of the badasses of the scene you know like i'm just honored that you wanted to talk about my truck sure i mean and and listen i've learned a lot from hip-hop guys you know like an iced tea you know, and it's funny, like, he'll post something and he'll say, you know, such and such rapper or hip-hop artist is one of the GOATs. And people are like, one? And he's like, yeah, the GOATs, you know, the greatest of all time. He goes, we kind of throw the crown around, you know. And if you think about it, it's – that's, I think, something important for our scene because, you know, there's never going to be just one all-time greatest of all time, right? Because there's all these different trucks that are built – there's different eras, you know, and that type of thing. So like to me, when I post a truck, like when I post yours and I say one of the goats, I mean that with all respect, because it's like, you know, we could sit here and argue and people could say last looks the greatest of all time, this and that. Yeah. But if we just kind of, if we put like a little bucket together and we go, Hey, these are some of the goats, your Izuzu exception is in that bucket, dude. I mean, it certainly is, dude. It's, it, it just obliterated, and I think what it did also, which I think is underrated, is people have to understand that it also helps ratchet up the next generation or the next guys or the next build that's coming after it. You know, to me, that's all – it's all encompassing there. Cool, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, let me ask you this before we wind it down. A lot of people like to um, – like when I just mention or bring up like the type of career that you have, because uh, one of our good listeners um, and, and homies, Ed Eister, old school Florida mini trucker, you know, yeah, he, he had chimed in. Ed. Yeah, Ed's a good dude. And he goes, and I always knew that you kind of had this career. I always think of like a first responder type thing, but I, I don't officially know, but I didn't know if you just wanted to kind of mention what you do. Oh, yeah, man. Um, so I'm actually a respiratory therapist. Um, so been doing that for 24 years. Wow. So the whole COVID stuff, I was in in the thick of it for the whole time. Wow. I've done all kinds of stuff. I work with all ages, babies to adults. Wow. So, yeah, I just, I've done a little bit of everything with it, man. I've done some care flight, tra- helicopter transports, stuff like that. So I'm kind of a, a nerd. <laughs> when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah, and did you, um, when you had mentioned going to school and stuff like that, did you think that that's where you wanted to kind of end up in a role like that, or how did that come about? 
Yeah, actually, it was kind of funny when like I ran into what respiratory therapists are just because of uh, a family member was in the hospital and needing that their assistance. Wow. And so I kind of like looked at it and I was like, oh, that's that's something I I, I could see myself doing. And so that's kind of what I, the path I took. And I stayed, you know, like I said, I stayed in Orlando and which is, you know, if I wouldn't have been in Orlando, would I have ever been in, like, would I have gotten into the scene? Right. And, you know what I mean? So it's kind of, it's kind of like those things that I feel are kind of intertwined my, my career and my, my, my mini trucking life. That's so cool, man. Well, I definitely appreciate you sharing a little bit there, a little insight, but you know, like I said, um, I mean, you mentioned a lot of these guys, you know, Raw from Anth- or Rhodes Auto Works, you know, Killer Rides, Rest in Peace of Mitch Henderson, um, you know, Kevin Cox, you know, you mentioned his name, uh, Cope Kessler, Jim, uh, you know, from Killer Rides and all that. You know, again, thank you so much for, you know, just taking the time to talk a little bit about it. You know, been on our list a while, and I know it takes me forever to get to some of the guys, but certainly you were patient and you said, hey, um, when the time's right, let's do it, and exception Dude, what a what an awesome truck, and I'm just so happy to see you know it continuing to li- live on you know in terms of its legacy and almost almost at that 20 year mark of it being out there. So I truly hope that in the near future, uh, I can't make any promises, but um, it definitely needs to be in the Mini Truck Hall of Fame, and uh, you'll have my vote whenever it uh, not not if but when it comes up for vote. <laughs> that would be if that ever happened. That would be like. Boom. That would be an awesome. That 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 that'd be awesome, man. I mean, and, and, I don't even think things like that, but that'd be great. Yeah, trucks like yours. I mean, I sort of been telling Bob and some of the guys. I'm like, you know, we gotta patch these guys in because you know it. it you know, to me, uh, I just never want to see a situation get to where it takes so long that people are no longer with us, right? I mean, a lot of some of these older, yeah. the '80s guys are getting older, you know. Um, I know I'm getting older, but you know what I mean. The guys that were finishing trucks in like '81, '82, '83, so. You know, we got to come up with a process to try to get, you know, these trucks that deserve to be in. So, but Anthony, uh, you go by the nickname Ant, though, right? For sure. Um, Ant, AJ. Yeah, either Ant or AJ. Yeah, either one. Yeah, Anthony Amendola. Thank you so much, my brother. And always appreciate, like I said, you know, you chiming in here and there. Um, you know, you you may have kind of moved on with some of your things in life, but we love seeing you at some of the shows. And most importantly, dude, thanks for your amazing contribution to the mini truck scene dude it's just uh, unparalleled brother all right man thanks jason appreciate you having me on yes sir